This is episode number 259 with Jenna Zoe. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? If you want to listen to my episodes one day earlier than they are released anywhere else, you have to download the app Himalaya and follow my show. Himalaya is free, super easy to use, and has every podcast you can think of. I love that you can leave comments under each episode and even create episode playlists. Make sure you check it out today. Jenna Zoe is a world-leading human design reader with a unique approach to reading human design charts that is led by the desire to create more understanding and acceptance in the way we see ourselves and others. She has created a library of online programs which enables anyone to access up to 10 hours of information about their own chart. She is also the host of the Reframe with Jenna Zoe podcast, which breaks down aspects of human design and our modern lives in 10 to 15 minute, easy to digest episodes. And in today's episode, we dive deep into human design and we chat about the power of celery juice and how it's transformed her health. We talk about her story and how she got to where she is today and how she got into human design. We talk about the five different energy types and how they can change your life and relationships, what nobody understands about generators, how understanding your type can support your life's work and help you achieve more. We also chat about if you're a manifesting generator, here's how you can tell. We also chat about the truth about manifesting generators and manifestors and projectors, what you absolutely must know about this type. We also talk about reflectors and why they're so rare. And we dive deep into her daily routines for success and alignment to her design. She truly lives her design. We also talk about her thoughts on medical medium and what his approach has done for her and her health. This is amazing. And we talk about what's bringing her the most joy and happiness right now, plus so much more. And for everything that Jenna and I chat about in the show, you can check out in the show notes, and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 259. And before we dive into this epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it is from Zoe A. Huh, that's funny. Zoe A. And this is the episode with Jenna Zoe. Huh. Anyway, this review from Zoe A. is a five-star review titled Love. And Zoe says, These podcasts have absolutely changed my mindset, my health, and my life for the better. 
Every single episode is enlightening and inspiring. I listen every morning on my long commute to university and it always leaves me in a state of high vibration and sets me up for learning and curiosity for the rest of the day. Thank you for making my long drives bearable and thank you for sharing yours and your guests' wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much, Zoe, for that beautiful five-star review. I'm so grateful and I love being in the car with you every morning. Thank you for having me. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, all you have to do is head on over to iTunes and leave me your five-star review right now. I would be so grateful. And if you have never left a review, please do it right now. Hit pause, jump on over there, leave me a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. It would be such a gift to me because it just means that I can continue to keep getting on epic human beings for you and keep doing this show for you. And I want to do that, that's for sure. And now let's bring on the incredibly wise, intelligent, beautiful, goddessy Jenna Zoe. Jenna, I am so excited to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, um, I know it's so cliche, but I started my morning with a celery juice. <laughs> Me too. We did? Oh, great. I'm actually coming up on a year tomorrow of doing it every single day. Um, so, wow. Yeah, so it's like definitely... Um, I, I know it's like become such a trend and everything, but I'm like one of the major, like it's done so much for me that I'm like totally behind the celery juice trend. And I think it's like here to stay, well, at least for me. Oh, wow. What have, what are some of the benefits that you have experienced? Well, do you know, I had like quite weak adrenals uh, for a long time. And I feel like actually having that first thing in the morning, it really just like makes my energy kind of level. Like I wake, I used to wake up like feeling very lightheaded and dizzy and like kind of a bit disoriented. Like, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling of like when you wake up and you're like, where the hell am I? Um, and so it makes me like a bit more focused just because it gets me a bit more like balanced and grounded. And I also feel like it makes you crave healthier food like later on in the day if you start on that note. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's great. Well, like I said before, I'm so excited to have you on the show, but can you tell us your story and how you got to where you are today doing the work that you now do? Like, how did this all unfold for you? Take us right back. Okay. So I, right now I'm a human design um, reader and that's obviously a very sort of, I guess, esoteric profession. And I grew up basically really believing that business was the only way to be happy in life. And you had to have your own business and you had to push and you had to force and you had to hustle and you had to almost suffer to be successful. So when I left school, I went to intern for a woman that I really looked up to. Her name's Tamara Mellon. She started Jimmy Choo. Um, the shoe business. And I basically went to work for her because I was like, I want to learn everything about what it's like to be a businesswoman and how to have your own business and have your own product and all that kind of stuff. I worked with her for five years until I was about 23. So I didn't go to university or anything. I just kind of went to work for her and, you know, tried to learn the ropes. So I just had this vision, I guess, Melissa, of like having a corner office and walking around in heels all day and like being bossy and, you know, that kind of like, I guess if you grow up in the 80s, that's kind of like 
you know, that stereotype. And then I did that. And when I, when I left her, I went to start my own food business because that was when I sort of went vegan. And so I, at the time in the UK, there was nothing, you know, no vegan sweet treats, no vegan anything. So I went to start my own food business and I made things that were free from like, you know, wheat, dairy, sugar, blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, it just, it only, I reached a ceiling of success with that. And I realized one day, actually through a, through a session with Lacey, who I know you've had on the podcast before, I had a session with Lacey maybe four years ago. You know, she said to me, you are, you know, she took me through the hypnosis and, and her method. And she basically, I basically came to realize that it wasn't making me happy. And I think that's why I wasn't allowed, quote unquote, by universal forces to be very successful at that food business. And at the same time, I was doing human design on the side, just like doing readings for friends and family and that sort of thing. And then one day, a friend of mine who's an intuitive said to me, you should do this for work. And honestly, there's no way up until that, like at that point, I would have believed that that would have turned into a business because I just didn't think that this space was something, I just didn't think it was like a good business to have. I didn't think people would see it as good. I didn't see it as like, you know, I just thought, people in the wellness world were kind of, you know, mystic megs with wigs on and looking into the crystal balls and things, you know, I was like, how can I make a business out of that? But I literally just started doing it on a whim anyway, on on the side, charging people and it took off. And I got to a place where I was making more money um, with my side job than I was with my full-time job. And that's kind of like, that was enough of a reason. That was enough of a warning sign for me to kind of um, reprioritize my life, I guess. And who first introduced you to human design? Like how did that first come into your world? So about six or seven years ago, I had a session with a shaman and he did a whole bunch of different things on me. He was doing energy work and tuning, using tuning forks and he was making whale sounds and just doing a whole bunch of different things. And I remember being so enchanted with his work. And one of the things that he briefly touched on was he asked my birth time and birthday and put in my details into his laptop. And I remember seeing a chart and being like, wow, what is that? How have I never seen this before? Because I was really into astrology at the time. And yeah, I just remember being totally captivated by it. And then after that, I basically just had to go down the rabbit hole of what this all was. And I just started learning literally everything I could about, about the whole thing. So tell us, what is human design? For people who are listening that are like, what are these girls talking about? <laughs> what, is, what is human design? So it's a science that was discovered 32 years ago in 1987. And it's a combination, technically speaking, it's a combination of normal Western astrology, the chakra systems, the I Ching, and the Kabbalah. But essentially, the way I describe it to people, it's like, a very, very practical way of mapping out how your personal energy is built. So imagine like we're all, we all know that we're built so differently from each other. Human design is basically like the tool, the science that gets to show you what it is that's different about you and how to use your personal energy. So say, for example, you are 
meant to be inconsistent in this world in order to be successful. But you grew up to parents who said that you have to be consistent to be successful. Like you have to have a morning routine. You have to do the same thing every day. And for you, that's just not resonating. And you feel like there's something wrong with you. Human design is the thing that can say, but hold on a second. You were actually built the opposite way of what you were told, what you were conditioned to believe you needed to be. And actually, if you try it out the other way, the way that you really are, you'll actually get more flow. You'll experience more success, more ease, and get to where you want to go more quickly if you're brave enough to go against you know, what you were taught and, and be who you actually came here to be. And human design is just a map of who you came here to be, basically. Okay. So, and then it gets broken down into five different design types. Is that what they're called? Yeah, they're called energy types. Okay. So can you tell us, so once you get someone's date of birth and their place of birth Mm -hmm. and their time of birth, you basically put that information into a system Mm -hmm. and it will categorize you into one of these five different energy types. Is that right? Yes. So in a little, you know, like how astrology, you have your sun signs and then your 12 sun signs. But if you're really deep into astrology, it will bring up so many different other aspects, like where your moon is, where your Jupiter is and all that kind of stuff. With human design, it's the same thing. Like your energy type is like your sun sign, basically. So it's like the taster of everything that's in your chart. But what your energy type tells you is how you are supposed to use your energy, how you're supposed to exchange energy with the world around you. And there are five very distinct ways of doing that. Exactly. So energy type is usually the first thing that we touch upon when we're doing someone's human design. Okay. Can you tell us the five different energy types? Yes. So you have manifestors, you have generators, you have manifesting generators, you have projectors, and you have reflectors. Okay. So what are you? And then can you tell everyone what I am? Yeah. So you are a generator and generators, shall I tell you a little bit about what generators are and how they're supposed to work? Yes. Let's see if it's correct. So generators are basically, to me, I always, they've always seemed, and I always describe them this way as like very juicy and sparkly people. And that's because essentially as a generator, you're ruled by your gut. And the gut is the center of um, life force inside our body. It's the center of creativity, of desire. So when we talk about, and it's also the same as the sacral chakra, if we're talking about the, the chakra system. So generators are essentially people who, when they're doing what they love, their gut lights up, right? So it's like when you're listening to your desires, you actually get excited. And what happens is you actually create more energy in doing what you love. And essentially that is what your big service is to the rest of the world. Because when you create life force and you become so lit up and doing what you love, other people around you get magnetized towards you and they want to work with you, be around you, consume whatever it is you're doing, you know, be near you physically, but also, you know, attached to whatever product service you're providing to the world. And it's not really about whatever it is you're doing. It's about if that thing is lighting you up, then it's creating life force. And that's what's making you so magnetic to other people, because the main thing that you give to others is your, your energy, your life force, your juiciness, that sparkly, that magnetic force. So if you think about people like, Jennifer Lopez and Oprah and Meghan Markle and Beyonce, they're people who are just so excited and lit up in what they're doing 
that people can't get enough of them, basically. Even if they don't know why they can't get enough of that person's aura, it's like that aura just feeds you. It makes you more productive. It makes you more excited. It makes you happy. It makes you feel cozy. You know, depending on whatever it is you're doing at the moment, that's the generator's main gift to the rest of the world, essentially. But the rule is that obviously the way they decide about the way they're going to be a best of service to other people is actually by almost doing what they think is selfish, i.e. making themselves happy first. Because we, one of the big teachings of human design is that we live in a win-win universe. And therefore, doing what lights you up is the way that you're going to light other people up yet, even if you don't know how. And even if that's not necessarily your kind of like most forward intention, or even if you haven't planned for it, basically. Okay. So what percentage of the population are generators? So there are different numbers that kind of float around. Obviously, I don't think that anybody like specifically knows these numbers for sure, but they say it's about 30% of the population are generators. Okay. And what are some of the, I don't know, I don't want to use this word, but the downside, I guess, or what are some of the lessons that the generator needs to learn? Yeah. So this is a great question. The biggest lesson that generators need to learn is about saying no and about boundaries. And that's because imagine the way you're supposed to work is doing what excites you. And then obviously when you're in a room, other people will just get more energy and get lit up because you're lit up, right? Imagine as a child, the worst conditioning for generators is that actually they get praised for doing stuff that they don't want to do when they're younger, right? So it's like, well done for going to your grandmother's house, even if you didn't want to, or well done for helping this person or well done for doing your duty or your, this is a good sacrifice you made. And so you get praised and your worth gets placed on actually the entire opposite thing of what you're supposed to do. And so think about it this way, because I I can hear so many generators listening to this going, but hold on a second, it does make someone else happy if I go see my grandma. But the thing is, is that even though you can be going through the motions of helping somebody, you haven't actually left any of your juicy life force energy behind. So you haven't actually lifted anybody. You haven't had a net positive effect on somebody. Even if in their minds, you've ticked off a box that they expected of you, you haven't created a like a net net positive energy deposit, if that makes sense. So saying no and and creating boundaries is a huge lesson for generators. You know, any of the lessons for any of the types, it's so important, not just for you yourself, but because the second that all generators annihilate this lesson and that whenever they've integrated this inside them, this idea of anything being duty and sacrifice will be wiped out for the whole of humanity, if that makes sense. So it's like everybody has to, you know, take care of their lesson and prioritize their lesson so that you know, the whole can also heal. Okay, right. So how can understanding your energy type really support yourself? Mm. So for you, obviously, you know, if, if I'm talking to a generator in a session or something like that, you know, one of the main things I say is therefore, okay, it's very simple and very easy for me to say, okay, just start doing what lights you up. But, you know, it's not that simple. If it were that simple, we'd be doing it already, right? So it really comes in actually understanding that, okay, when I am doing something that I don't like, it's actually tiring me out. It's actually making me worn out, burnt out because I'm not creating energy and I'm not creating energy for myself and I'm not creating it therefore for other people. Therefore, I'm not attracting opportunities and synchronicities and people and an audience and people that want to buy my products or services or work with me or employ me, whatever it is that we're wanting to manifest. So as a generator, instead of saying, okay, well, just do what lights you up or do more of what lights you up, we actually have to look at the clogging, the blocking that's sort of currently in your life anyway. Because if you think about it, 
what we're talking about in human design is actually the science of your aura, your energetic body and how you're using your energy body to communicate with the world around you. So for you, if you are doing too many things that you believe you have to do or doing too many things that you're being praised for just because their duty or their sacrifice, or you're doing it to overly help somebody else. And that's your excuse. All those things that you're being, you're holding those things in your aura, if that makes sense. And therefore your aura is kind of clogged and you don't therefore have any space for like good new things for you to say hell yes to, to come in. So what I say to generators is instead of like overwhelming yourself and saying, okay, just only do what lights you up. That's like so much of a tall order. The way you can start to dismantle it is by starting saying no to more small things. Even if you think, for example, saying no to your family Friday night dinner isn't related to getting your dream job. It is because from the perspective of your energy body, imagine like a pool of water around you all the time. It's between three and six feet big. If you have that pool clogged with SHIT, then there's no space for good water to come in, right? So it's all related from a perspective of human design. So starting to say no to the little things that you feel you're capable of, instead of making it so, you know, such a, such a, like a big impossible thing to do. I spent so much time sort of learning about the spiritual space and feeling like, because I couldn't do these big brave acts I was told to do, I just felt like I couldn't do anything. And actually then studying spirituality almost made me feel worse about myself because I just felt even more incapable. So I really like to break it down into small steps for people. So the small steps for a generator would be like, say no to all the little things that don't make you happy anymore so that you're at least creating space for potential new things to come in that you could say yes to, if that makes sense. Mm. I feel like I've definitely gotten better and better at saying no and setting these boundaries with for myself. But I think for me, it's saying no and putting the boundaries within myself. Like I'm good at doing it with other people now. I've really cultivated that. Like I'm very, very good at that. But now it's like with myself, you know, like putting the boundaries, for example, around social media or putting the boundaries and sticking to them. That I think for me is where I need to focus a bit more attention. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think, you know, energy type is the most basic thing that we talk about in human design. And people think, okay, once they've learned the sort of basic overview, that's it. And then let's move on to the deeper stuff of the chart. But the amazing thing about the energy type is like what you're saying is like you've mastered 1.0 and then you go into 2.0 and 3.0 and it continues for life. So it's like a constant assessing that we have to do, I guess. And then you've got the authorities. So I'm a sacral authority. Mm -hmm. So I'm a generator with a sacral authority. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? So your sacral authority means that for you, it's your gut that makes to make all the major decisions in your life. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about, you know, whether it's small, like do you, which coffee place to go to today or to have for breakfast or whether it's big, like saying yes to a work opportunity for you, it's your gut. So the interesting thing about the gut is that we talk about, and this is what I love about authority is in the spiritual space, we talk about intuition. What human design does, it says intuition feels different for different people. And let's really ground that and help you solidify like what is your intuition so you know how yours looks. And so for you, you have your sacral is like the MVP of your chart. It's the part of you that is like the leader basically. And so it's in charge of making the decisions. And with the gut, the gut is very um, binary, meaning The gut doesn't say, "Mm, yeah, kind of, I feel this. It either says, yes, I'm into it or no, I'm not into it. So the gut only knows yeses or nos, this is or that's. So for you, when you're trying to make decisions in your life, the worst question to ask a generator with sacral authority would be like, what do you feel like doing today? 
because that's a very like difficult it's it just fills with so many different options right they're like yeah I could do a thousand things there's a thousand things that light me up there's a thousand things that could get my gut going so if I was like trying to let's say plan a day date with you I'd be like okay do you want to go for a walk on the beach or yoga class and then it's very easy for you to like to decide between the two yes yeah so for you you know instead of saying like what should I have for breakfast you want to say okay am I going to start with celery juice yes or no and then you can break that down and then it's very easy for you to make decisions. And that's what the gut is all about. It's like, it's not going to be able to tell you what it wants. It's when it's presented with options, it can pick very easily because you're going to have like this physical guttural, like you're going to feel physically drawn towards something or not. If you have sacral authority, you want to pose those kind of questions to yourself in like that very binary way. And then it becomes really, really easy for you to make the decisions. And, you know, when we talk about intuition being the gut, it's it's really the gut for generators. Intuition isn't always the gut for everybody. But for you, intuition is your gut. But for you, you know, in your chart, you also have a strong uh, spleen. And the spleen is is the part of us that governs instinct. So that means that essentially, as well as having the gut that will tell you, yes, I want this. No, I don't. You'll also have the spleen that will say, you know, it will be like a little voice that comes to you and gives you a hit, like, don't get on that plane tomorrow or go this way to work instead of this, this other way. And it's that voice that kind of speaks to you that you don't even know really why it's saying you, to you to do something and it doesn't even really make sense. But that's just like an extra guidance system that you have access to inside your chart. So what's really interesting to me is that even though, you know, when we talk about people who have sacral authority, to me, they're not always the same because I look at the other parts of the chart that that somebody else would have kind of helping them on their team make decisions, right? So for you, you have the spleen, the instinct telling you do this, do that, go here, even though you don't know why. But then also you have your sacral that's saying, yes, I want to do this. No, I don't. So you want to be checking to see if you've had any hits on something. And if you have any hits on something, incorporate them. But really, ultimately, the the final decision maker is like, am I drawn to it physically or am I not? The other thing about the sacral is that it can be sensed in a very physical, visceral way. So if you're excited about something, you'll probably like, you know, sometimes want to do a happy dance or you'll make a scream or you'll sit a bit straighter in your chair. You'll have that kind of like expansive response in your body and your energy rather than a contractive response when you're like, mm, I don't know if I really want to do that. That's a contractive response. Yes, this is me to a T. Like often I will just say to my husband, I don't know why, but we can't do this. I'm getting this feeling about this and it doesn't feel right and we can't go ahead with it or I'm just not feeling this. And he'll be like, okay, you know, he really does honor that within me. And I can't say to him exactly why, but I'm just like, I'm getting this full feeling that it's a, it's a no. Yeah. And I just, before I got on this call, I was talking to two of the girls in my team and they asked me a question. I said, guys, no, it's a no. I don't know why, but it's just a no from me. And I I just, it, it's a no. I cannot explain it, but my whole body is telling me no. And they're like, okay, cool. You know, and so, wow. but, but I've had to really get in tune with that. Like it's something that, you know, you try as a human to rationalize and wrap your head around, but it's, it's bodily. You just have to follow it. A hundred percent. And what tells me that you've done a really good job of owning that yourself is that everybody else around you trusts it too. And that's only a function of the fact that you do. And so you like what you're saying to me tells me that you're already someone who's very in touch with you very much living your design from the point of view of, of splenic listening to splenic hits and, and, and information. 
Yes. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And it's so interesting when I don't, I always get this little like kick up the butt from the universe. Something will manifest and it's so interesting. And then I'll go, you know, my husband and I will go, oh, you know, we, you know, you had this intuition about this and we didn't do it. So it is always guiding us. Yeah. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's podcast sponsors, Blue Blocks, the only blue light glasses backed by science. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I love my blue blocking glasses and I wear them every day because they help alleviate digital eye strain, keep your hormones balanced and help you get a deeper, more restorative sleep. They are made in Australia, which means they are very high quality and all their glasses come in readers, prescription and non-prescription. And you can even send in your own frames and have them add their lens technology to your frames. And for every pair purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who then gift them to someone in need in the developing countries. How awesome is that? So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter the code Melissa at the checkout. Now let's get back to the conversation. I would love to hear, my husband is a manifesting generator. Can you talk a little bit about manifesting generators and what is the percentage of the population roughly that are manifesting generators? And can you just give us a little bit of an insight into them? Yeah. So manifesting generators are similar to generators in the sense that they have that strong gut and that when they're doing what they love, they create more energy for everybody else. But manifesting generators are very, I call them, they're very multi-passionate and they're very multi-directional. So I often say they're four-dimensional people. And that's because they have so many different things that they're interested in. And they're really here to do a lot of different things. Manifesting generators come across as very capable people. So often you feel really safe when a manifesting generator who's living their design is is in our midst, right? Because they're really, think of like the manifesting generators to give you like an example would be like Angelina Jolie and Tony Robbins and Jessica Alba. These are people who are doing so many different things, but somehow fusing them all together in a way that really makes sense just because they own it and they do it. So, you know, Angelina Jolie is like flying all over the world, rescuing babies, acting, producing, starting charities, talking to governments, but no one is going, oh, that's kind of weird. Everyone's going, wow, that's so amazing because she's allowing herself to follow like all her different passions. And so they're, they're people who have a very different life path than generators because generators are really here to come and like master one thing and like do it super well so like if you go back to Oprah how okay maybe she's had different careers on the end like on the face of it but really what she's here to do is like she's an amazing connector of human beings and an interviewer and a moderator and that's what she does right whereas if we're talking about Angelina that's like a totally different energy right it's like I'm doing all these different things and I'm kind of mixing them and doing it all so they are really like hybrids for the new age because they are the people that really manage to do it all and they're interested in so many different things. (laughs) I'm laughing because (laughs) this is my husband. He is multi-passionate. He's a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Honestly, like I look at him and he has his fingers in a million different (laughs) pies. Like he's got so many businesses. He is doing so many things and he's always been like that. That kind of overwhelms me a little bit. Like I just want to do a few things and I want to do them really well. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to him a few years ago, I'm like, 
don't you want to just do one thing? And he's like, <laughs> I could, I could never. He's like, because he's a musician, like that's his, oh, his, wow. you know, passion, his number one passion. But he's a serial entrepreneur as well. And he loves business and he loves all of that. And I said to him, you know, would you just do that? And he's like, I think I would go crazy. You know, I have to do all these different things. Like it lights my soul on fire. And he goes at a million miles an hour. Like I I often think what would be a day in the life as him? And I'm like, whoa, serious overwhelm. Yeah. (laughs) But he doesn't get overwhelmed. He thrives. And I love that, that you're like, I, it never gets boring to me to hear these kind of stories because I go like, wow it really is just about understanding the other person. And the second we understand like, oh, that's their process and that's mine, then we're not confused or we don't, you know, we don't have as many fights. We don't have as many conflicts. We don't judge people unnecessarily. We don't misunderstand the situation. Like we just get that people, different people function differently. It's fascinating to me. And so, yeah, what you're saying is like, you know, what's exhausting to one person is, is, is like literally life-giving to the other. But you guys sound like you're exactly your designs. Like that's like a perfect description of a of a generator and an MG together. Totally. Have you seen that combination together often? You know, yes and no. I mean, I I it's not really like there's different combinations of people that go better together because that's much more looking at the very very specifics of your chart. Like any energy type can be with any energy type, but. For sure, generators and manif- when generators and manifesting generators get together, that's like a very, the main thing I would say, it's like it's very healing because of the like physical closeness that they can really have together. And it's such an important part of a relationship between a, a manifesting generator and a generator is like physical closeness, like does so much. So there's so much that can happen without words being said, without, you know, explanation, without anything, just like being in each other's energy would actually truly like make you feel more enlivened and, and better and and like really healed of so many things that you wouldn't even necessarily have to discuss. Having said that, you know, just to get specifics about to the specifics about your chart, you really need to feel very inspired. So I would actually say that talking is probably more important to you than, you know, than it's not just the physical type of thing for you. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very dynamic combination to have a generator with a manifesting generator because you have the ability to kind of ground somebody else yes and they'll be exciting and inspirational and interesting and all those things so it's like a really it like feeds both of your life force to be together basically Yes, Nick often says, you're my grounding or you're my rock. Like he's like, he'll often say to me, bring me back down, baby. Like because like, he, he's just, you know, all all in his whirlwind. But it's interesting as well. Two of my best friends are mm-hmm. MGs as well. So wow. I thought that was really interesting. Like these, these two women are like two of the closest women to me and they're MGs as well. So I feel like I'm very much surrounded by them. Yeah, that often, that does often happen. Like people will call in you know, like a lot of one specific type for whatever karmic lesson that the MG has or whatever help the MGs can give you or, you know, whatever you can give them maybe. Um, it totally depends on the situation, but that does happen a lot. Like a lot of people will be like, I'm surrounded by a type, you know, that's a very common thing. Yes. All right. Let's talk about then manifestors. Okay. So manifestors, so strictly speaking, manifesting generators are a combination or a hybrid of manifestors and generators, which is a, their, their own type all themselves, if that makes sense, the MGs. And actually, just to say with the, with the manifesting generators you were asking me about, the 
the sort of lessons of generators with manifesting generators. And this is probably why generators can be so helpful is that manifesting generators, which it sounds like your husband is totally fully owns this process, but there's often a bit of shame in our world about the fact that, you know, you can't just like quit if you get, if you lose interest in something or you can't do three things at the same time, you have to commit to one thing, you know, you're flaky, you're changing your mind too often. You don't see things through, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's very like, that's really the thing that manifesting generators have to get over. And that's kind of where they're connected to manifestors because manifestors aren't really, so to go into manifestors, they're only 8% of the population. And they are basically people who are here to create movements energetically. And so they're, they're the real people for whom initiating is really healthy and being unapologetic about what they desire is really healthy. Because um, if you think about people that have started movements, like famous manifestors are like JK Rowling and Gloria Steinem and Cleo Wade. I don't know if you know who she is. She's a poet, like a famous Instagram poet. But they're all people who are literally created something new and that doesn't mean that no one else can create a new product or service, not at all. We're all creators, but manifestors are really here to create new movements, meaning that where generators and manifesting generators create energy, manifestors really rally energy. So they're saying, I'm going here. And then other people will go, okay, let's go with you. Or they'll say, I'm doing this. And people go, oh my gosh, I want to do this too. It's like they create this downstream whenever they want to do something that other people then follow in. So there's like, it's like about forging new paths, creating movements. So for a manifester, historically manifestors have always been the kings and the rulers of history. And they were people that said, you know, I'm going to start a war or I'm going to take over this country or whatever it is. And now, you know, we're at a place in history where manifestors want to use that same power, but use it for good. They want to really, you know, bring our awareness to good causes or good energy or good intentions or whatever it is that manifestors want to do. So really the energy of a manifestor is being is being unapologetic about what they just feel like doing in any given moment, where um, generators and manifesting generators have that. Yes, I want to do this. Yes, it lights me up. I'm going to do it. Manifestors are like, I feel like doing it. Okay, I'm going to go do it. So it's a much more spontaneous, much less consistent, more kind of wavering. I feel like doing this, therefore I'm going to do it. Basically, it's it's the classic like I am, therefore I do. Uh, and what percentage of the population are manifestors? Yeah, so they're eight percent of the population, and so oh wow, yeah, so they're they're really rare. And the difficulty with manifestors is that you know we've actually all been raised. The, the common languaging of success is actually geared towards manifestors because think about like everyone that we've looked up to in history that's achieved things has probably been a manifestor up until about fifty years ago. So it's all like just do it like go for it, conquer your this, like blah, blah, blah. Mm. But manifestors, because they come in with such a strong, powerful aura, they often get a little bit suppressed by their parents or whoever's raising them or teachers or whatever it is that is a more considers themselves to be a more powerful force in the manifestor's life than the manifester. So manifestors often get pretty, I guess, squashed or a little bit suppressed in just being able to be empowered to do what they feel like doing and, you know, not allowing anyone to tell them what to do. In fact, the whole of parenting is kind of, as a concept, is kind of wrong for a manifester because manifestors in a family are essentially supposed to be the head of the family in the sense that they say, okay, let's go here or okay, like, let's say I remember the shaman that introduced me to human design was like the thing about the manifesto is if the, you know, whole town is flooding, the manifesto is the one that finds the boat. Right. But then to take that a step further, the manifesto is not necessarily supposed to then stick around long enough to like 
power the boat up, make sure everyone gets on board, like micromanage the whole thing, take everyone with them. It's like, no, here's the boat, got it, I'm going. And then anyone who wants to go with them is coming and also helping them make it happen. So it's really tricky for manifestors because there's such conditioning nowadays of like, you know, you have to see things through to the end or because they get so suppressed, they become people pleasers and therefore they end up doing so much peddling and wasting so much energy on trying to micromanage everyone else's activities or moods or reactions towards them when actually they should just be giving less of an F, if that makes sense. Mm, Totally. And what celebrity examples do you have of manifestors? Yeah. So JK Rowling is like like one of my favorite examples of manifestors because she just did what she wanted, went into her own world, did her thing, brought it into the world. And then that was it type of thing. Right. So she's, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't apologetic about what she was doing that was so different. And now think about, she's literally created a whole new world within this world by doing what she came here to do. Right. And then you think about Gloria Steinem, who was so vocal in her, you know, message and it was so, you know, new and different at the time. And yet, you know, she really has created a whole, a whole new movement, basically done something that wasn't really done before she basically, you know, came along and, and spoke her truth. So speaking of truth is a really important aspect of being a being a manifester. And then you also have Adele is a manifester, Maya Angelou is a manifester, Paramahamsa Yogananda is a manifester. So you see these are like really powerful people that just create worlds within this world, basically. They just create their own world. Jerry Seinfeld was also a manifester. David Rockefeller is also a manifester. So you see the, the the through line, Frida Kahlo, you see the through line with all these people is like they created a world within this world without really so much concern about who else wanted to come into the world or not. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So what about projectors? So projectors are basically people who are, um, they're kind of like a newer type. So they, where, where generators uh, create energy and manifestors manifesting generators create energy manifestors rally energy projectors are here to to guide and tweak energy so what that means is that as a projector it's not so much about what you're doing it's much more about what you're seeing because every projector has a different skill of being able to notice something that is really helpful to help other people become more productive more successful um, to thrive better in this life right so they're really the guides and they can you know, you can be a guide in any industry of your life, it doesn't matter. But every projector is, you know, either really able to see computers a whole different way or see the law in a different way or help other people do things a bit better or more efficiently or differently. So what I like to say is that they're sort of like the birds that are up on the branches that can see something in a new way. And really their whole life path is about really getting into what it is that they see and cultivating that niche more and more and more so that really can develop that gift. Because what you're really here to do is is help other people thrive. And when you're helping other people thrive is when you will thrive. And what is the percentage of the population that are projectors? So they say it's between 17 and 20% of the population and growing. And just because right now we obviously have so much forward movement in our society that it really isn't necessarily about more movement it's about better movement which is why you know there's so much in the conversation right now especially when we talk about what it means to be well where it's about you know working smarter not harder and so that's why projectors were created because they really can see something that other people can benefit from and the thing about generators manifesting generators and manifestors is that sometimes when you're on a roll with a roll with your energy excuse me you can't always 
you know, see yourself, right? So you need somebody else to say, hey, try going this way instead. Or, you know, what about doing it this way? Or I've seen this pattern happen before. Maybe that's going to happen again. Or, you know, whatever it is that the projector is able to, to see and do. Okay. And what are some celebrity examples? So some famous celebrity projectors are Obama was a projector which is actually such a good example for me. I think he's an amazing example of what, what a projector does. And also the queen is a projector, which I think is super cool because, mm. yeah, there is a misconception that just because projectors are here to see people kind of, I guess, it's become a little bit misunderstood that they are just here to sit on the sidelines and that they're slightly weaker. And that's not true at all. If you look at the queen, she's definitely not on the sidelines. She's in her, like coming up to her nineties and like totally thriving. She's busier than like most people are age, right? <laughs> so she's, she's someone who I look at really as living her design. So uh, authentically and, and truly. And then Brad Pitt is also a projector. I'm, I'm kind of only sharing examples. Whenever I share examples, it's really people who I think are truly living their design. Yes. So those are some, those are three really good projector examples. So you can like tune into the energy of that person and really understand that, you know, these are people who've made success for their own lives, but done it the right way. Yes. And then the final one, which is reflectors. Can you tell us a bit yeah. about them and what is the percentage? Yeah. So reflectors are only 1% of the population. So it's like crazy small. And the thing about reflectors is that where the projector's wisdom comes from being able to see others the or see a system or see a, a tweak or an efficiency gain or a change the reflector's wisdom is actually in being able to be such a blank canvas themselves they truly are like chameleons and they really become their environment they really become the other because they don't have as much definition they're not as defined as all of us are so you know how i'm saying to you right now that you know, manifestors are like this, generators are like this. And if I was doing a chart, I'd say so much about who you are. With a reflector, their importance and their value in the world is not in who they are, it's in what they're not. Because they are so moldable and changeable that when they really allow themselves to go with that, and they do allow themselves to change as much as their environment makes them change, they can really truly reflect, hence the name reflectors, us back to each other. So you know how we always say like, oh, you see yourself in the other and you know, the other person is you and all this stuff. That's true, but it's especially true in a, in a reflector because the reflector has so much less of their own definition as like a buffer, if that makes sense. So they become you so much more deeply than anyone else ever could. And so the whole point of a reflector is like to manage how well we're doing as a, as a tribe, as a group, as a community is if we know that the, if the reflector is well, then it means that everybody else is well because the reflector is just the sum total of how everyone else is doing around them. But that's not to say that all they're just to hear and, you know, to be in service of everybody else. Reflectors are here to really, you know, just their whole purpose about life is to find the joy in life again because so much of the time you have so many reflectors that come into this planet disenchanted and often... I mean, we pick our energy type as part of our karma, as part of our correction on this on this planet in this life, right? So with reflectors, the reason why a soul would choose to come back as a reflector is because they've spent lifetimes being disenchanted with life and being, I guess, falling out of love a bit with the physical world and how it works. And actually their whole purpose of this life is to fall back in love with it by following the delight of life, the surprise of life, understanding that, you know, if they choose to just be unattached to having to define themselves, you know, like so much of, 
I guess, even personal development is like, who are you figuring out who you are, owning who you are, this and that. And actually for a reflector, it's like my big karmic path is to understand that I'm all of it. I'm nothing of it. I don't cling too long to labels, to, you know, these certain groupings or belonging to a certain place. I just totally release and go with the flow. That's when I'll be of best work to everybody else because then everyone else will be able to truly see themselves in me when I'm not clutching so hard and so tight, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. And so all people need is their place of birth, time of birth and date of birth. And you can enter it into mybodygraph.com and then you can have someone like yourself read it and analyze it for them, which is just so powerful. So I want to know what, what are you? I'm a projector. And like kind of what you were saying about how you're surrounded by manifesting generators, I'm surrounded by projectors too. So it's like, I mean, everybody in my life almost is a projector, which is kind of crazy. But what's fascinating to me is that, you know, a lot of people believe that projectors are only, I guess, healers or, you know, guide, you know, guides in the way that in, you know, in let's say a spiritual space or whatever. But I you know, for example, my brother is a businessman and he's a projector and he's doing it whilst living his design. And my fiance is a projector and he's an art dealer and he's doing it like whilst living his design. And there's so many other countless, you know, cases of people that I know that are doing it in such diverse ways, which is why obviously right now we have, we're grouping by energy type. Your energy type, remember though, is just how you're supposed to use your energy and how you're supposed to exchange with the world around you. So there's so many different kinds of generators and so many different kinds of MGs, but what unites us is is the things that we just covered together. Oh, okay. Wow. This is such epic information and I can see how understanding it and discovering it can be really supportive for your life path and also like give you a little bit of comfort as to why you are the way that you are. And, you know, I know a lot of my friends that are manifesting generators and my husband, Mm. for them especially, I feel like they have felt, not them in particular, but manifesting generators that I've spoken to have felt like they have to pick this one thing, like we were talking about before. Mm. And even them just understanding this would Mm. put their mind at ease. So, I love this so much. Um, yeah. It's it's so powerful. Is there anything else we need to know kind of on the surface level about it? Mm. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things. Once you know your energy type, we talked a little bit about your sacral authority, how you're the you, it's your gut that makes all the major decisions. So in human design, there's sort of top line things. Those two things are the main things, like your energy type and what we call your authority, which is what part of your body gets to make all your major life decisions. And what they say about human design is even if you don't know anything else, if you just live according to your strategy, i.e. your energy type and your authority, that's already going to change your life so much. And ironically, that will also lead you to naturally leaning into all the other things that are in your chart. So let's say, for example, for you, you are what we call a touch person in human design. So it means that your strongest sense is touch. Oh, yes. So for you, you know, your strongest sense being touch means that that's how you interact with the world, but it's also how you give the most to the world. So it's like your you know, it's your strongest sense, it's the antenna that you have, right? So 
for you, you know, like the best way to pick food would be like to feel the peaches and whichever one like feels the best for you. That's how you decide what to eat. How you show your care for other people is like through touch. And, you know, it's all about what you can do with your hands. And there's a lot of healing in, in, in that, in that, you know, what, what they say is that the next two energy centers or chakras, if you want to call them that, that we're getting are going to be the two in the palm of our hands. And so that's so powerful. But for you, you would probably already know that. And you wouldn't necessarily need to know all the depths of your design, let's say, if you're already following your strategy and authority, i.e. doing what lights you up, saying no to what doesn't, and listening to the gut and the instinct, right? So if you were just doing those four things and more and more in all the deep and different and nuanced little and big ways that that presents itself in all areas of your life, you would naturally be leading with touch as your strongest sense, for example. Mm, everyone who's listening to this that knows me will be like, she's obsessed with touch. Like I go to my friends and I'm just like, just, I want to sit next to you. And can you just like touch me? Just touch, just touch my neck or like just stroke my hair. Like, oh, it is, I am obsessed with it. And for me, like getting massages and body work. Oh, it's just my jam. Totally my jam. That's so interesting. So because you're already connected to that is the sign that we need to say, okay, you are definitely then living according to, you know, mostly according to your strategy and your authority, i.e. your energy type and your authority, because otherwise you wouldn't even be connected to that at all, basically. Mm. That's what's really important is, is, is the chart basically just gets to verify what in theory, hopefully you kind of already know most of it. But then there's times when people feel super, you know, not connected to certain aspects of it. And that's just, that's just a sign that, you know, there's conditioning there about, you know, someone in your life, your parents, your your caregivers have told you this is the way to be. And, and you've heard that so much that you have genuinely thought that that's who you are too. But most, most of the time on the whole, when people hear their design, you know, I'd say 70, 80, 90% of the, what they hear, they go, oh my God, that's me. And then it's just beautiful because it's just licensing to go, okay, when I know that this is me, I feel like it's so much easier to say no to the stuff that isn't me or to not fall into the behaviors that are not that, which I sometimes get caught up in, you know, because the world sweeps me, sweeps us all away, right? So it's just a good map, I guess. I am really fascinated to put in my parents and my, I have a 13-year-old bonus son. I want to put him in. I've not done him yet and discover what he is. I have a feeling he's going to be, oh, I don't know. I feel like he'll be either a reflector or a projector. So I'm really, really interested to see what he is and to put in my mom and dad and see what they are. And yeah, I think it's so fascinating. This is just amazing information to have. Yeah. But I, I would love to turn the spotlight now on you and ask you a few little questions about you. So first one is, I want to know if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. Now, besides human design books. Okay. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Well, I think, okay. No, you know what? You, You say whatever you want, any book that you want. So, you know, it's interesting because there's, there are a couple of human design books and they're all very, they're kind of obscure and they're very dogmatic and they're very literal. The way that I interpret human design is, is, is a little different than the way that you would read about it in books. And I think the books are sometimes a little confusing to people, but I would love if there was some kind of teaching of human design in schools. In terms of books, you know, did you ever hear of this 
email that sometimes you can subscribe to called Notes from the Universe. Did you ever see hear about that? Email? Yes. Yeah. So the guy that wrote it is a guy called Mike Dooley, and he writes them every day. And there is a book that he wrote called Leveraging the Universe. And I don't know why it's coming to me, but it's a very easy to understand book that I think I I I came across when I was like first getting into, you know, this world of you know manifesting and making your life better and how to make good turn into more good and how to turn your life around and stuff. And it's a little bit like, um, have you read Gabby Bernstein's recent Super Attractor? It's a little like that. It's it's focused on the same principles as Abraham Hicks, but it's a little more encouraging and scientific. And it's like a super wild adventure ride, that book called Leveraging the Universe. And I think that would be a great book to have in schools because I feel like that's the kind of book that, you know, kids could really understand. You know, there's, there's books like The Untethered Soul that are sort of life-changing, but they're also more conceptual and esoteric. Whereas I feel a book like Leveraging the Universe is just like such a good eye-opener of understanding, you know, what's really behind the literal. Yes. Oh, well, we'll link to that in the show notes. And then is there a particular human design book that is your absolute favorite that anyone listening who wants to dive deeper into it, like what's the best place to start? Yeah, that's a great question. So the the only book that I recommend is the one that's written by the guy who founded it. And his name was Ra Uruhu and he co-wrote it with a woman called Linda Bunnell. And it's just called The Definitive Book of Human Design. It's a very meaty, thick book. But so basically what I ended up doing, Melissa, because I was just booked for sessions after sessions after sessions. And I was like, this information needs to get bigger than just me. It's not, it isn't, you know, just me doing uh, readings. And so what I ended up doing was creating a bunch of video courses online that you can put together to basically come up with like your own custom reading, essentially. And the reason why I did that is because, yeah, it's kind of like a book, but broken down and made easier. And so it's like, you know, if you wanted to learn about your husband, you would buy the manifesting generator course. And then let's say, for example, he was emotional authority, you would buy, you know, the course that says emotional authority for manifesting generators, right? And then that gives you a very specific picture about who he is. And then maybe you learn that there's something else in in human design called profile. You maybe learn that he's a four six, and then you would, you know, watch the four six profile video, for example. And so then all of a sudden you have hours and hours and hours all about you that I can't even cover in an hour. But yes. it's easy to digest rather than the book is sometimes alienating and confusing. But for sure, it's full of good gems if people want to like really dive deep and go down the rabbit hole of all this knowledge. Oh, okay. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you for mentioning that. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's podcast sponsors, StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your family tell the story of their lives. So every week, StoryWorth emails your family different story prompts. Questions like, what have been some of your life's greatest surprises? Or what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? And after one year, StoryWorth will compile your answers and the photos that you submit into a beautiful book that's shipped for free. How gorgeous is that? What a great idea. Now, I love discovering and uncovering things about my family, so I want to give you $20 off your first purchase at storyworth.com forward slash MA Tribe. Now, let's get back to this conversation. 
Now, I want to hear about how you prime yourself for the day. I love hearing about people's morning routines and how your day looks and how you prime yourself for the day. So, Mm -hmm. and I know no two days are ever the same, but can you talk us through like a quote unquote typical day in your life? Yeah. So, so I, I'm a huge, I know they've kind of gone in and out of fashion, but I'm a really big fan of affirmations. I will just wake up and try to make myself say affirmations in my head of things I want to feel are my truth. And what I kind of, I guess I, what I do is like, I, in my head, I sort of call it like trying on affirmations because if I say, for example, I feel capable. And when I say it, I don't feel like I fully believe it. Then it actually shows me like, oh, okay, maybe you have a little more work to do around that today because you, you you ain't feeling so capable. And and that's where you're still like holding on to some resistance. So I kind of use affirmations as like a little bit of a try on as like, if I say them, do I feel good? And do I feel like, yes, that's true. Or do I feel still, still some kind of like, mm, you know, or I'm hiding or I'm, I like get small as a result of saying it sort of thing. So I do a couple of just like, I try to get myself straight into like thinking good thoughts. And then most days I'll do a Joe Dispenza uh, meditation. I love his guided meditations. Have you done them before? I have never done one. Do you have a particular favorite that I could try? Yes, I love uh, what's it called? Reconditioning the body to a new mind. It's incredible because there's no way that you can't feel amazing afterwards because he talks you through. I mean, first 15 minutes is probably just like, connecting to different parts of your body and stuff. But then after that, he literally gets you to feel into what it's like to feel brave, what it's like to feel elated, what it's like to feel. And he walks you through and he makes you like literally get like connect to those like high, high, high feelings. So when you finish one of those, I mean, you just feel like you can do anything. You're just like, oh my God, the day is just so amazing. And you walk down the street and go, isn't everyone just so beautiful and everything is so purposeful and everything is so meant to be? Well, that's how I feel at least after them. But I just don't think that there's any way that you can be in a bad mood. And I'm someone who does wake up a little bit like blue and not so positive. And I really have to like teach myself to be positive. So I do love his work for that. Mm, Okay. Well, we'll link to that one in the show notes as well. What happens after that? What happens after you do your Mm. meditation? So everything that I do is basically like by my design. So I will, sometimes I'll do like a workout class. I'll stream it online. I don't really go to the gym. So I'll just like put something on on my laptop and, and copy along. Or I'll walk to the farmer's market and get like fresh produce for the day. And that's like a half hour walk. So, you know, there and back sort of thing will be my sort of like movement for the day, I guess. And then after that, I will, cause I live in, I live in Monaco, which is in the South of France. So, and it's so small, like the town is so tiny. So I can, it's very walkable. It's the size of a postage stamp. So mm-hmm. I'll usually just, I take like little breaks throughout the day just to, you know, go out and pick up, I don't know, washing up liquid. If I forget it, I like definitely break up my day with little bits of movement, little bits of fresh air. And then I have my, my manager is actually in the UK. So most of the work that I do is like on the phone with her, we're FaceTiming, we're voice noting, we're um, doing all those things, doing sessions. There's a lot going on at the moment. We're planning our first reader training. So we're training other people how to read charts at the end of November in London. And we're, sometimes I'm filming new content for the site, new courses, new videos, recording new audio stuff. No two days are really the same, but that's kind of what I do during the day. I'm like a massive snacker. So I'll just snack throughout the day. And then at dinner, 
that's kind of when I really like wind down, switch off, try not to be on my phone too much, like have a big dinner with my, with my fiance, my other half. And then I try to get like, if I can, my dream is like nine hours of sleep because projectors do need to sleep. They do need to prioritize sleep actually. And, and sleep a little bit more than what they might be, might be told to. So that's kind of a day. That's kind of how a day goes for me when I'm, when I'm home. Um, but then I travel a lot too. So I'm, I'm definitely not so stuck to my routines and things, but the the same principles apply if I try and get a meditation in. Cause you're just, I feel like everyone's a better person when they've meditated. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The celery juices. I mean, that's like totally saved my life and, and trying to eat more according to, you know, the medical mediums prescription for, for my different you know, whatever it is that I'm trying to address basically in my health. I love the medical medium. I want to get him on the podcast and we've read all of his books and we've done, I've made so many of his recipes. You have to make the wild blueberry muffin recipe. It is so delicious. Wow. Yeah. But we've, we've made lots of his recipes. My husband is obsessed. He's done heaps of his protocols. Wow. Yeah, he he's amazing. So wow. we are all on board with the medical medium and celery juice. Yeah, and I, I the one I always eye up is like the potato pockets with the curry something inside them. Have you seen those? I mean, yes, my husband's the, made them. No way! Oh my god, are they delicious? Oh my gosh, delicious! And he made this quiche, but it was without eggs, mm-hmm. and it was so delicious. Like wow. my husband makes, he's an incredible cook. Like he is amazing. So he does a lot of the fancy cooking in our house. I kind of just do basic stuff. I'm more of a basic cook, but he gets super fancy and makes all these new and different and exciting things each week. So yeah, he's, he's made lots of his recipes. They're awesome. Wow. I need to get into it because I'm a bit more like you. I'm like, okay, just throw a bit of of spinach, a bit of rice on there, you know, put some avocado on top, like call it a day. But yeah, I'm like, oh my God, it looks so good and his stuff has really helped me there's a woman called amber there's a caro who's a nutritionist that's trained in his like she's totally according to his methods and she knows she's like so knowledgeable such an intuitive so gifted and she really helps people refine like what bits of the protocols take for them and how to you know actually how to make it work in your own life and she is like i started working with her in february and she is just incredible like what she's done for me so i'm like all in on medical medium as much as people other people roll their eyes I'm like this guy is obviously tapped into the truth somehow and and really helping people well the thing is is he has nothing to sell yeah all of the proceeds for his books Mm -hmm. go to charity he doesn't have any products he's not selling anything he's just sharing Mm. about real whole foods like that is it his recipes are just real whole foods and this is the thing like people some people do roll their eyes but I'm like but he's not trying to sell you anything like he's just telling you to eat real food from mother nature that's basically it yeah and isn't it sad that like we're so skeptical of someone who's just telling people to eat more fruits and like it's almost like you have trouble believing that there are some people who are so in their integrity and he to me is like he's so in his truth and he's so unapologetic about what he's sharing even though it sounds extreme and people are judging it and people are this and people are that he's just like so in alignment and and really like you're saying like just not in it for anything other than just trying to help people eat more fruits and veggies 
I wonder what design he is. I know. I'm like dying. There's like <laughs> such a long list of like, I really want to know what this person's design is. And there's so much on the internet where you can like look people up, but I don't know if we can ever fully, fully, fully rely on, you know, knowing for sure, unless we know people's exact, exact birth time. But I would love to know what he is too. If I mean, I would just love to hear him on more other people's podcasts because I love his podcast. But yes, I heard him on, I think he was on Yoga Girls podcast one time, but he doesn't do a lot of other people's appearances. So I would like, yeah, I'm like getting behind you on that manifesting that he comes on yours. I know I have been trying. He's, I've got a dream spreadsheet list. It's called Dream Podcast List. And mm-hmm. um, Oprah's on that list. Tony Robbins is on that list. Mm-hmm. Jessica Alba's on that list. Medical Medium's on that list. So I will get through that whole list. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of when. Yeah. yeah, I'll put that out there. But what was the name of that practitioner, Amber? He's a Caro. On, on Instagram, she's just Heal with Amber. Okay, cool. We'll link to that in the show notes in case anyone wants to check her out. But now I've got three rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say to the first one, but <laughs> what is what is one thing that we can do today for our health? Oh, be happy. I thought you were going to say drink celery juice. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know what? I think my biggest lesson this year has actually been understanding that if we're truly happy because because I know you know like when we look at someone's design every part of our charts is connected to different parts of our bodies and so you know the theory is that obviously illness you know manifests itself as when we're not using our energy correctly when we're not leaning into who we truly are but I really think that happiness is something that we trade off so easily for the like for the other payoff like the status or the way we'll see ourselves we think we'll be better people you know, we, we trade our own happiness so much. And I really started to see that in my own life and in clients' lives. And truly, like, happy people do just then become healthy. So I think being happy is, it sounds like so basic, but it's a real, like, daily effort, I think, for all of us. Totally. And it's a commitment. You know, it's a conscious mm-hmm. commitment. Like, I am so committed to joy and happiness. Aww. So every day I am like, just being silly, like especially with my stepson, like just being so silly and children are great for that. But then, you know, when he's not around, I find myself slipping into serious mode, you know, and I'm like, okay, I need to inject my own fun and play and joy into my life. What can I do? Just be silly, like make funny noises and like do funny voices and just be silly and bring joy. Dance breaks. Have dance breaks and sing. Sing yeah. as much as you can. Like that brings me so much joy. Yeah. But what brings what brings you joy and happiness? You know, the one thing I've started doing recently is like, you know, thinking happy things to myself and then just keeping on going, like doing a sort of rampage of, of good emotional things. I, I really think affirmations are amazing. I will put on like music always makes me happy. Always, always, always makes me happy. Uh, like Mariah Carey, Marvin Gaye, you know, <laughs> Diana Ross, any of those guys, I'm like already Earth, Wind and Fire. I'm like guaranteed happy mood. So that's like so definitely something that I do. Sunshine, I mean, that's just like an instant mood booster. And also just like doing nothing for five minutes. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that just like mm. reset. And I think in your reset state, you can't not be happy if, if that makes sense. But like, I think actually sometimes the running and the distracting and stuff makes me feel like I'm 
less happy than I actually am because then I've invested in like scrolling on Instagram and that's obviously going to make me feel worse or I've invested in like watching something mind-numbing like actually that stuff doesn't for me make me happier it doesn't relieve my stress it actually makes me more stressed so just like sitting and sometimes just like giving myself like putting myself on a timeout and being like just sit down for two minutes even though that two minutes is going to feel like such a long time like just get two minutes of your life back do you know what I mean like just do nothing with it and just like take stuff in that actually puts me in a really good mood when I do it and then like you say like being silly especially with my other half my fiance we're always like being goofy and making up songs like you know just like doing dumb stuff and that like makes me so happy too oh I love it I love it Okay, what is one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life? Ooh, that's such a good question. I would say that when you are living your design, success is a natural. I don't I think there's a lot of people who believe it's in the stars, like, oh, some people are like destined to make millions and some people are not. And you know, human design is not predictive like that. It says that, you know, in, in many ways, like if you go to, I don't know, a different, there's other modalities that will tell you you'll have four children or, and I definitely think there's a place for that, but I really believe that are natural. Like if everybody is being exactly who they are, then they will be healthy, wealthy, wise, abundant, all that kind of stuff, which sounds like a catch all, but really what it comes down to is actually when you realize what your innate talents and gifts are which is what human design helps you see is like what are the things that so come naturally to you and easy to that you almost take them for granted that you don't even see that they're special because you assume that everyone else is built the same way as you so like what's the thing that you do really easily and how can you do more of that in your life because by default when you are focusing on providing more value to people then abundance is going to come so it's like okay what is the way that I so easily provide value that maybe someone else finds difficult. Like, do I arrange flowers so easily? Or do I organize events? Like, can I do them in the, in my sleep, right? Or can I code computers without even thinking about it? Like, don't assume that everyone else knows how to do those things. Even if it's bringing people together, connecting people, you know, these things are all, again, value. It's like people think, oh, well, if I'm just good at connecting people, how can I, how can I make value out of that? Well, of course you can. You can be a matchmaker, a networker. You can start your own agency. You can represent people. You can... You know, there's so much you can do with those things. So it's about what are the things you can do really easily in your sleep? And then think about all the different careers that you could parlay that into and then narrow it down even more into what of those careers actually could make you really happy. You know what I mean? And then I think abundance, we don't have to think about it so much when we focused on like, okay, that thing that I do that no one else can do so easily because it's like a perfect division of labor in this world that everyone got given like a different task that they do so easily and also brings them joy like it's such a perfect system I totally agree thank you for sharing that I feel like that's going to inspire so many people Mm. and the last little rapid fire one is what's one thing we can do for more love in our life oh you know and I'm sorry that none of these have been that rapid, these answers, but. No, it's all good. I think so many of us, even especially people who are already in relationships, it's like, you know, there's, you can, it's like, there is so much love available to us and we don't, I think we're in such a rush and we're so disconnected in our lives that we don't even take a second to like take stuff in. And like me included in this, where it's like, if someone pays you a compliment, like really like, take that in and appreciate that and like let it sit like let it land in you in a second before like moving on to the next moment like there's so many things in my my 
fiance will say to me and I'll just like, thanks, babe, but that's so sweet. But then I'll like, hold on a second. There's so much more love available to me in this exact moment. I don't even have to change anything about how the moment went down. I don't even have to like bring more love in. I don't have to like look for more love. I just have to be like, let me just like really like savor the love that is around because it really is like, I don't mean everywhere it's in the air or whatever, but like there are people in our lives who genuinely do appreciate and love us. And I don't feel like most of us are even like soaking that up to the max. Yet we're talking about how to bring more in. Mm, totally, you know? totally. And yeah, it's very fleeting. Even like, you know, someone might say to you, I love you so much. And then yeah. you're like, thanks. And then move on. Yeah. Like, hang on, sit in that and soak that up and just yeah. relish in it. Yeah. And like, if you, and I really like, I understood this as a concept about a few months ago. And now I really like know that it's true. Cause I was like, you know what? If I open myself up to receiving more from my partner, from my sister, from my friends, from everything, they actually genuinely will give me more because that's how the energetics of this this whole world works, right? Like if I'm more open, I will receive more. So instead of being like, oh, I'm not getting this from this person or how do I get more of this or how do I change myself to da-da-da, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can just like be more open-hearted and like receiving more because then also when I receive more, I'm just going to be more like, of a, of a um, malleable, you know, I'm just in that, I'm going to be in that current of people that are like open-hearted and being open-hearted with each other. And so when I'm then acting open-hearted towards that person, they're going to level up to meet me there or they won't. But my experience of it will be amazing, whether it's coming from the same people or different people, or whether people will change in my life or not or whatever. And like, literally, Melissa, like everyone else, like we just need sometimes someone to be the first person to start to, to go to the open hearted place. And I feel like everyone else goes there like so quickly when just one person takes the dare to go there. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, mm. why not be that person? Mm, totally. Be the first. Yeah. Everyone literally, everyone's yeah. dying to get there. Like everyone, yeah. everyone's game to go. We just, we're just not in the practice of, of like, because it takes work in today's world to like keep remembering to do it, right? Because it's so much easier to slip into like the close hearted thing. But it's like, no, if I just, if I go like a bit, mushy and soft or nice and open and sweet and mm. honest and vulnerable or whatever whatever the mood is people pretty much will always go there with you totally and that's what we want yeah. like vulnerability builds trust mm. and builds connection mm. and my husband says we say this to each other all the time nothing good comes from closing nothing good ever comes from closing down your heart and shutting it off to the world yeah. and if you want these deep relationships like if you want to swim in the deep pool and go deep with people or if you want to play in the kiddies pool mm. then that's your choice but if you want to go deep with people and go deep diving mm. then you've got to open your heart you've got to be vulnerable you've got to share because that's what builds the trust and creates deep connections with other people totally and you know the other thing that I think really helped me with this is like it doesn't always have to be this like hard deep soul you know like looking into each other's souls and correcting your stuff and blah 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 like actually being light with it has for me turned things around much more quickly so I remember over the summer you know I my other half was talking to my brother and they were like laughing about something hysterically and I got so triggered and I like walked off mm -hmm. and um he came to find me in in our room we were all vacationing together and he came to find me and in that moment instead of I was like I have two choices I either can just like get mad at him or get triggered or close off or get all icy which I have a past of doing or I can just go or, or I can blame him or I can whatever and instead I was like 
you know what? I was just jealous that you were having a laugh with my brother and that you could like, you know, you guys were like having a hysterical time together and I felt left out. And honestly, in me saying that, we just ended up having like the best time afterwards because I said it in a, in a light way and I didn't blame him or make it have to seem like this huge giant thing. I just said, I was just jealous and like, I want to have a laugh with you like that. And then we laughed about it and then it was fine. And that's probably been my most healing conversation, you know, yes. like it doesn't have to be. I think sometimes when we get into this like wellness space, it's like, you know, that everything has to be like such a deep excavation, but maybe not. It's just like actually being honest and being vulnerable and sharing your truth is just saying that. Yeah. Practicing crystal clear communication too. And just, yeah, opening up and saying, this is what happened. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I am, I totally agree with you. You know, I, pr I try and practice that as much as possible with my husband too, just being really honest mm -hmm. and sharing it. It's, it's big and it's, mm. it's so powerful. Yeah. But my God, when you can do it and you can do it in a light way, it's just like, wow, okay, this, we can just move past things. Like I can see that it's a path of moving past things so much quicker. I don't have it down by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, um, it's definitely a different option than what, than what I think gets presented to us a lot of the time. Absolutely. And when are you getting married? You know, we got engaged about three months ago now and we haven't even set a date yet. We haven't, we haven't really committed to, to getting married yet because to be honest with you, I, I wasn't, I'm not sure if I, if marriage is right for me and he knows that. So when he proposed, he was like, I just want to be engaged to you because I want to show you that I love you so much. And we don't have to get married or we can do a big wedding or a small wedding or whatever. We'll just decide that later. So we're kind of just enjoying this, this phase right now. And, and maybe I'll have a huge traditional wedding or maybe I won't ever get married. I don't really know. But right now I literally have no idea. This whole conversation and getting to know you and hearing about human design has been so beautiful and I've absolutely loved it. I do feel like a very soul connection to you it's really yeah. it's really beautiful it's really beautiful I feel like I've met you before or funny. it's so it's really beautiful like even just when we were on video before yeah. we started I was like I know you yeah me too when I saw your face I was like is that me like for a brief second yes. like me on face I'm talking to me on FaceTime in a weird way like I, I thought it was me too <laughs> but this was actually like so much fun and so nice I haven't done a podcast in a really long time actually so this was actually so much fun to, I love being able to like reconnect to the essence of like, I love talking about other types and my type and this and that, because it's still honestly, like I can talk about it all day long and it still makes my world go around. It still fascinates me. I still fall in love with it every single time I'm like talking about it. So it really, it really brings me like so much joy. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And before we wrap up, I've got two more questions for you. Mm -hmm. The first one is, is there anything else that you want to share? Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to share about or any last parting words of wisdom? Yeah, I think it just came to me as you're asking this question. My first thought was like, I don't know what, I, there's so much to say. And then this just came in, which is like, I think how human design can be so healing and helpful in people's lives is because it really just shows you that we all are so different, right? And this actually just helps you crystallize how you're different. And then what you choose to do with that is, you know, you can, you can literally take it and just run with it and just be unapologetically you. And 
when you have that energy of just being so you, that is what leads to everything else. So even if this is the only, this is as deep as you're going to go with human design and, and it hasn't resonated with you at all and you don't need to know anything else about your chart or you just want to know about your energy type when we talked about that, it's it, the, the main core message of it is like when you do exactly what it is that you are being called to do inside you when you do when you lean into what's easy what comes easy to you what feels natural to you when you own that there's that freaky weird thing that you were always so good at but you don't couldn't understand why for example like everything else is going to fall into place like it doesn't have it's so simple it doesn't have to be so complicated but the only thing that's complicated about it is we have to keep doing it we have to keep doing that over and over and over again right in, in every single different moment of our lives, but it's really the same message as, is is what the right way to go in, in at all times, you know, like lean into who you are and lean out of the stuff you think you have to be in order to be successful mm. or worthy or happy or all these other things, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely agree, honey. I'm so grateful. This has been amazing. I've loved connecting with you and hearing your wisdom. I wish you lived around the corner so that we could have a catch up. I'm going to come to Australia. Like I need to come soon because it's just been like calling me for such a long time. And I want to see all the like beaches and the wellness places and yeah, the whole scene. I follow like so many Australian people on social media. So I'm like, feel like I'm tapped, like I'm trying to call the vibe in, you know what I mean? Yes. And if you love the sunshine, babe, then this yeah. is your place. It's so beautiful. <laughs> but make sure make sure you come in summer. Or not that winter is not sunny, but it's just the best. It's so much fun. So again, I wanted to thank you, honey. I am so grateful for the work that you're doing in the world and for sharing so openly and honestly with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm a huge believer in service and serving other people. So mm-hmm. I want to know how the listeners and I can serve you because you are out there serving so many people. Mm. How can we give back to you today? You know, I honestly think that if everybody, if everybody thinks about what it is that they give well, then it doesn't matter about who you give it to because it's like whether you give it to the Uber driver or whether you give it to the people at work whatever it is that you're really good at giving, whatever value it is you're really good at giving, everyone's going to be better off. So it's like, Mm. honestly, like when people get out of their own way and just go, you know what, excuse me, F it, I'm going to, you know, just do what I do so well. And instead of try to be, you know, like the funny girl or the this girl, if you're not funny, don't be funny. If you're not a good listener, (laughs) don't be a good, don't try to be a good listener, you know, just provide value in the way that you know how and it will reverberate back to everybody absolutely that vibration is contagious Mm. i totally agree Mm. and you've got an epic vibe and epic energy and i'm so grateful that we've had this time together i truly am and thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us and for all the amazing work that you do in the world i'm truly grateful right back at you melissa thank you so much for having me and this literally lifted me up so so big so what a great it's such a great way to end my day and I know it's like the start of yours but I'm literally like on a high and it's 6 30 p.m I'm like do I can I is there something I should be like can I do next like I don't want to I'm not ready to wind down now (laughs) oh I love it well go out there go out onto the, the streets of Monaco and have a party amazing thank you so much pleasure Is your mind blown? 
Mine sure is. I love human design so much. I've been obsessed with it all year. And I love that she just goes so deep into each one. I just got so much out of this. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. And before I go, don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode and tell me what type you are. I want to know. I want to know. And I absolutely love reading everything that you get from these episodes. So please come and share it with me. And for everything that Jenna and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 259. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. And before I go, my darling, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You seriously rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, I think everyone, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And you'll probably become obsessed like me and you'll be asking your siblings, your mom and your dad and your friends what their birth time was so that you can find out their design. It's so fascinating. So please, please, please share this with the people that you love and let me know your type. I can't wait to discover it. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.